It's time for a new evolution in raising golfers, one that doesn't involve headaches, tears, or heading down the path of unknown. Whether you're trying to introduce children to the game of golf, help them play competitively, or play at a collegiate level, you're in the right place. This show is for any parent, player, or coach who wants to build a better team at home and on the golf course. This is the Raising Golfers Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Raising Golfers Podcast. I am your host, Travis Hauser, PGA professional, working here in Carlsbad, California. Hope you're having a wonderful week of golf wherever you are in the world. I know that fall has begun and hope you can get some fun fall golf in, some beautiful colors out in the golf course, and just a great time to be outside in nature. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that I think is very interesting. It's something I'm going to continue to think about, but it's been one I've been dwelling on for quite a while. And I hear this a lot from parents and parents come in to me and they say, hey, coach, we want our child to sign up with lessons with you because we don't want to teach our children any of our bad golfing habits. And I've always just kind of laughed and shrugged it off and thought, yeah, you know what? Okay, that's great. Let's have your child come and uh, take some golf lessons because I'm a golf professional and uh, I should be able to help with that, which is true to an extent. But then what made me think about this was, is it even possible to teach your children bad golf habits or not? And if so, at what age? And I'm not so sure if I have the right answer yet. But what I would say is, is that I think there's, we, we, we have to kind of dive a little bit deeper into this first and kind of understand the dynamic of it from a whole perspective, as opposed to just one dimensional technical perspective. So, Now, if we start with the technical side of things, sure, having a good foundation for your child, having a good base, I think that is important. But we have to also think, you know, what would be considered bad habits? What is that, right? So, you know, before we kind of dive into this, I just want you to think about a couple of things. Every professional golf player that you see on TV, whether it's a a male on the PGA Tour or a woman on the LPGA Tour, if you look at their swings, they'll look a little bit different. And so you kind of wonder then, you know, what was it that made their swings look the way it did? And you do see a lot of trans translation between a child's swing and then as they grow, like some of the moves and things they do, do carry over long term. Not always, though. And as their bodies are growing, things can change. And also, of course, their swings can change as well. But my point is, is that there's a lot of different ways to get it done. And, you know, what is really a bad habit Well, I I think we have to talk about a couple of things. So the first one would be, if we're talking strictly about habits, as a parent, are you talking about bad habits or focus points? So here's what I mean by this is, you know, you could have a junior golfer and as a parent, you might be talking to them about, let's just say something at the top of the backswing, right? Whether it's the club face is open or whether arms are supposed to be or whatever, right? Now, is that focus point important to allowing them to perform best. So for me, for example, when I coach golf, the three main fundamentals that I'm looking for in a person's golf swing would be number one, can the player control where the club hits the ground? So for example, ideally, we're trying to hit the ball first and then the ground second. Now, then there's a ton of things that tie into that, you know, for example, how they set up to the ball, how they're actually turning their body, you know, what they're doing with their arms, their wrists, All those things kind of go into that, but that would be kind of a focus point. So then if the focus point of the junior golfer should be contact, then 
should we be talking about some of these other things, you know, whether it's something at the top of the box or not. Now, I know we're trying to help as parents. We want to see our children succeed. However, I think that might be the first thing that might get confusing where then parents think that they might be teaching the wrong habits. Well, you actually might be saying something correct to your junior golfer. However, it may not tie into a big fundamental, which is the ability to control where the club hits the ground to get the ball to pop up into the air. So there would be where your golf coach would be able to help out and be able to kind of, you know, help the junior golfer hone in on that fundamental and work on the things that are going to allow them to achieve that fundamental first and foremost. Then, you know, after that, let's just say the player has a better ability to control where the club hits the ground. You know, you can start working on the direction the ball flies, the curvature of the ball. And then finally, I would say start looking at speed and power so that they have enough power and speed to be able to play on the golf course. But again, you know, is it habits or is it a confusion of a focus point? That would be something I would say to look into if you're a parent trying to help your junior golfer. I'm going to go into a couple of things later on about how to play a positive role as a parent and assisting your junior golfers. And so I might come back to some of these things. Then the second thing would be is, again, is it habits or is what we're talking to with our junior golfers encouragement versus discouragement? So, you know, for example, you know, when you go to the driving range with the junior golfer, I'm sure everyone's had this situation where, you know, you want to try to help them out, see them hit better shots. You give them some of your advice that's worked for you and your golf swing, which again, it may not be bad advice. However, it may not be encouraging them. Or again, going back to the focus point, it may not be working on the specific focus point that they have, which I think for most people would be being able to control where the club hits the ground. So again, it's kind of a delicate line. I've talked about this a lot in the podcast, but, you know, just be careful because, you know, that advice might be discouraging them more than encourage them. And even though your advice might be correct from a technical standpoint, it still might be may not be the right time to say those things. Or maybe the junior golfer knows they're hitting poor shots and they have something that they feel like they're working on to try to improve that. And they think that that would encourage them to hit more shots. Now, of course, you're thinking, well, geez, they're getting discouraged by hitting so many poor shots. Well, unfortunately, in the game of golf, in that process of learning the game and improving, we're all going to hit a ton of poor shots. And unfortunately, it's going to carry over for a long time throughout our lifetime. We all still hit poor shots. Now, of course, we want to minimize those and we want them to stay encouraged. But then, you know, for encouragement, well, let's go back to the main focus points. Let's go back to the main fundamentals of, hey, can they control where the club hits the ground? And if they're working with a golf coach, I think that would be, you know, as a parent and assisting talking about those focus points as opposed to maybe other things you see in the swing. I give free assessments to mostly adult golfers. But what I tell them is I say, you know, you're going to come spend 30 minutes with me. I'm not going to pick apart your swing and tell you everything that's wrong with them. What I am going to talk to you about is after asking you a bunch of questions, I think we will come to a conclusion of what a focus point for you would be and where to start. And usually I start with and the things I'm looking for is can they control where the club hits the ground and go through those fundamentals and say, hey, look, if you're going to come for golf lessons, this is what we're going to work on. These are the types of shots we're probably going to hit. We're probably going to start with small swings first. And again, I tell them, I said, look, you could watch my swing. We could fill my swing or look at any professional player's swing and probably find something wrong with it. However, I don't think it's the best advice to necessarily talk about all the things that are wrong. It's let's hone in on the fundamental that needs to be improved and focus on that area first. So 
as a parent, you know, when we're working with our children, you have to kind of think of, you know, when is help needed and when is it not? And again, it's tough. It's really, really tough, isn't it? And I think you're going to probably learn very quickly, you know, when you might step in and you it might backfire on you and you hear from your junior golfer, your child saying something back to you and you realize, okay, well, I guess help was not needed there, right? So maybe asking questions, the junior golfers, asking them maybe where they think they need some help or how they could, how you could best assist them, I think would be really an important thing to do first before jumping in, um, just because it can be dangerous waters sometimes. And, you know, I've been guilty of it and I'm sure you've had some of those experiences as well. So we can limit that and keep the relationship between you and your child very positive with their growing up and journey in the game of golf, I think it would be very helpful. So, you know, can you instill bad habits? Possibly, but I think with children, they are so athletic and they develop and they're growing over time that I think if the environment is positive and they want to progress in the game themselves, whether you say something wrong or not, I think they can actually outgrow it. That's my personal opinion. And I think they'll actually develop positive fundamentals, whether it's working with coaches or whether it's the environment that they're learning in with some of the other players or just the fact that they're out there playing a lot of golf or practicing a lot of golf. I think some of those things can be worked out. What I do believe can happen, though, which would be discouraging is, again, that we are talking about focus points that aren't necessary or really important for right now. And that becomes, you know, a little bit frustrating. So then where is the big difference between a parent's role and a coach's role in the coaching aspect? We see this all the time. I hear it all the time. I say, hey, you know what, coach, I can tell them what I think can help them, but they just don't want to listen to me, you know, whether it's dad or mom. And the reasons why is, you know, children have this emotional connection and ties beyond just golf with their parents. And so sometimes hearing that advice, they just don't want to take it. They don't want to listen to it. They listen to their parents every single day, you know, wash your hands, eat your food, stand this way, dress this way. You know, I think the, there's a long, long list. And so there's those emotional ties that then where a coach comes in, the child to the coach's relationship, it's less emotional, there's less connection. So then they separate those emotions and they see coach in the coach's role. And then they are able to then, you know, work very well with the coach and take on the advice. And it might be the same advice the parent's trying to give them. However, the child's going to hear it with much more open ears and it's going to come through in a much more positive manner. That's for sure. So now let's go into how to play a positive role as a parent. Now, as you know, I am coaching the Operation 36 developmental programs here at my golf course. It's a wonderful program, and I think there's so many positive things to take away from it. And if you haven't already, check and see if there are any local programs in your area that you can join. It's a great way to either get your child into the game of golf or actually keep them in the game of golf for their entire childhood. So they put together a couple of guide guidelines and a few things that I would also like to share with you that I think will help you out and help you stay in that positive role. So going back to some of those things, you know, when you're trying to help out and you're, you know, you're worried about instilling bad habits, again, going back to those focus points. So if your junior golfer asks for help with their game, I think the best answer, and this is something I heard from Matt Reagan right away, and I think he got this from his partner, Ryan, was... If they say, hey, mom, dad, you know, can you help me with my game? Can you help me with this technical thing? I think the best answer you could say is, hey, let's ask your coach first. And I think this is a great way that kind of 
draws, you know, the line between your role as a parent and the coach's role. And so instead of giving them some of the advice that whether, again, it's right or wrong, it's best then to just kind of separate your role as a parent and, you know, you and your cheerleader and encouraging them and keeping them staying positive through the entire journey of golf and being their support. And then their coach is going to help them with their golf. I think the next thing then would be as a parent, and this is a tough one, be patient. It does take time. And I tell this to my students, whether they're junior golfers, parents of junior golfers, or adults taking lessons with me, as I say, time is part of the equation. There's no way around it. So you could take on the best technical advice for your game or coaching advice for tactics on the golf course, but it does require time. So, you know, based on some research that Operation 36 did, they said it takes a player at least 20 rounds or one calendar year to really build the skills to beat 36 from, you know, whether it's the division of 25 yards, 50 yards, 100 yards, 150 yards, it might take up to 20 rounds of golf to actually break a score of 36. So now, whether you have scoring goals for your junior golfers, maybe you're not, you're not doing the Operation 36 program, I understand that, but just put that into perspective that, you know, they might need to play 20 rounds of golf before you might even see one to two strokes improvement in their score. And so, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough to see them have these scores where maybe they're a little bit higher than they want and you want. But guess what? If you can stick with it and keep the journey positive and, you know, encourage them to have some of that adversity, I think it's going to go a long ways, not just with their golf, but also in their life. And then the next one would just be, again, with the patience is like, Think of junior golf as this long journey. So it's not just six months. It's not just one year. Think of it of a 10-year journey. And, you know, it's going to take time. And how they are and who they are as a golfer today does not dictate who they will be a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. And then again, you would be surprised once they get to a certain stage or age when their bodies start to develop how a lot of things can change. And I've shared this story a lot on the podcast about my own journey from the ages of 14 to 16, my golf game changed tremendously. Now, part of it was that I was fully immersed in the game. I was working at a golf course. I was playing as much as I could after school. And in the summers, I was out there every single day. But I also got a lot stronger. And I moved back from a red tee box to a white tee box to a blue and to a black just at the snap of the fingers because of how much my body was changing. And, you know, you might be dwelling on, well, geez, you know, we've been playing golf for three or four years. And, um, you know, we're just not seeing as much of the progress as we'd as we'd like. Sure, they're hitting the ball further. But I'm just not sure if they're developing well enough. Well, it's still not enough time, we got to give them that time. And I think it's so important. So what I'm going to leave you with then is, you know, how to really stay and play a positive role as a parent for your junior golfer is if you can try to set your own expectations aside, let the junior own their own golfing journey. And this means that they have to start making some of their own golf decisions, you know, let them decide if they want to go to the group classes, if they'd like to take one-on-one lessons, if improvement is actually what it is they want to do and go and play in tournaments, let them lead those conversations And I think you're going to have a much healthier relationship through the journey of junior golf with your players 
and it's just gonna be more enjoyable for everyone. So can you instill bad habits? Possibly, but I think if you think of the long-term journey of over 10 years, I don't think you're gonna ruin their game. I think the best thing you can do is keep them in the game, keep the environment positive for them the entire time, and they will flourish throughout the game. So parents, listen in, stay patient, you're doing great, keep up the good work, and if you have found anything different than what I've had said today or any advice or feedback you have on this idea of instilling bad habits, I'd love to hear your feedback and you can send me a message whether it's on Instagram or via email. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope that you think about this and reflect on this topic a little bit more. Don't worry so much about whether you're teaching them bad habits. I would focus more on are you playing the positive role as a parent for your junior golfer. Take care, everyone.